Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey everybody, I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Ben Holderness. You have found the Holderness Family Podcast and we're so happy that you did. Dang, it is kind of our favorite thing to do. It is, it is. I, 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 I get to wear pajamas. <laughs> just and- to set the scene. And no hair product. <laughs> and I mean, deodorant optional. optional. I, I, did, I did put it on today just for you. Uh, recent review. Love this pod. I just found it and I can't stop listening, which is nuts since I actually listened to murder podcasts all day. Keep it up, guys. Wait a minute. Yes. Thank you. Us and murder podcasts. Do we remind? Same, same. I mean, I'm trying to think of. Very different vibe. Have we done any you. murder forward no. podcasts? Those are good, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, but I can't sleep i need happy so that's right. yeah there is, I, that. I listened to a couple of them uh just like the first 10 minutes of my listen to the first 10 minutes of cereal and i was i got hooked but i was also like okay this is going to be a huge time commitment so yeah, I, stopped. I don't have time for that okay yeah. today talk about our other huge time commitment oh gosh <laughs> youth sports you, i mean let's just take a minute to talk about that time commitment well Penn and i have decided that that this age and our children we We've rearranged our lives just so we can be more supportive parents, right? At this time in our life, we are just dedicating it to youth sports. We're like, weekend plans, can't make them. No. Summer travel has to go around tournaments. And I know that in a blip, it'll be over. Soon they'll be That's the reason why we're doing it. Because I know if they want to do it, I will support them. All of a sudden, we're going to be sending them off to college, and I'm not going to get to do this stuff. So we've just dedicated our lives to support our kids at this point. I mean, we do occasionally have a job, <laughs> but so but here's the thing. You work eight hours a day, sometimes more on your job. The kids athletics things. There've been a couple of days I've counted six hours over of the, time over the summer. Lola was that's playing we- six hours of yeah. tennis. So that, that's like a weekday. And, and yes, we have two kids that have decided that, that they have lofty goals. They have goals that are very difficult to reach. I think that they have a, a reasonable expectation that, that it's not necessarily going to happen with them. But I love that they have these goals. It's made them ambitious in, in following their sport. But there's this part of us, right, Kim, where we don't know how to say... We're not going to say... First of all, no parent should ever say, you're never going to accomplish that goal. You can't say that. 
We just know how hard it is, right? So we have to balance between being, you can do anything, we love you and we support you with, okay, if you want to do this, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Right. So today we're talking about youth sports and how parents can be supportive to student mm-hmm. athletes without pushing too hard. Um, we have Nina Westbrook to help us talk about this balance and, and you're balancing the joy and the struggles of youth sports. She has firsthand experience working your way up to a division one women's basketball player. At UCLA. at UCLA, which is yeah. a phenomenal women's basketball and men's basketball program. Yes. We've got a bio for her, and I love this is a great bio. Like, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to try not to mention the other part of her bio that, uh, first of all, it's not that. Look. <laughs> Pin stumbling already. Okay. She's married to Russell Westbrook, and you're going to, like, we've we've already taped this part of the podcast. I'm sorry that I keep objectifying him. He's just like his form. You understand how good looking this guy is. It, no, I know. Like I've his, seen him. Have I'm you not seen, blind. like, if you, like, even his face has muscles that uh, that are stronger than my biceps and he just got traded to the Lakers and so I'm, I'm like fair I'm fascinated by him he, he he's like averages triple doubles during the season I don't know what that means it means you get double digits points rebounds and assists my, my son calls it a triple double if he gets just two points two rebounds and two assists anyway Nina is so much more than this and um, I'm fangirling over Nina yeah she was she was amazing and okay I'm gonna read the bio and it's not uh, the rest of it is you know she's married to Russell Westbrook okay here we go <laughs> but Fangirling over She's, Nina. She is fantastic. Nina Westbrook is a wife, a mother of three, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and founder of Benet by Nina, a site dedicated to inspiring mental health, interpersonal growth, and self-connection. Through BenetByNina.com, Nina shares a fresh perspective on physical and emotional wellness, along with useful tools designed to cultivate a sense of well-being in every area of life. Nina also offers exclusive mental health e-workshops where she shares her knowledge and expertise with an extensive audience, deploying a powerful message of hope and healing to the world. I also want to say that when we talk to her, she has this very soothing way about oh, her so calm. that makes me feel like everything's going to be okay, even if she was talking about woodwork. It's just, it's the way that she communicates. I think she was born to do this for a living and it's, it's been, it, it, it has been great getting to know her. So now it's time for you to get to know her. Welcome, Nina. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we are honored to have you here. And we're going to let Penn, do you want to get the fanboy stuff out of the way real quick? Or do you want to <laughs> no. do that at the end? Like, how do you want to handle this? Okay, look, I'm a basketball fan. Uh-huh. Um, and for, uh, obviously, Nina played basketball. Yes. And I, but when I was younger, like yes. 13 years ago, I saw- 13 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, way younger. I saw her husband, her now husband, Russell Westbrook, playing for UCLA. It was like the it was the final four against Memphis. Mm-hmm. And he and Derek uh, Rose were going against each other. And they were the two most spectacular athletes I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay. So he's he do, Russell doesn't have anything on his body that's not used perfectly for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I like okay. I like I try he, not to be even make, like, I try not to freak out too much about the male form but he's <laughs> freaking perfect <laughs> Okay. And now he's back in LA. He's playing for the Lakers. So I, I I would love to know how that move is going. Or I don't know if you guys just stayed in LA afterwards, but you have to be thrilled to be back there. And I'm done. I'm sorry. He's a perfect specimen. That's it. I got it. I'm done. You know, I would not disagree with you. Um, he, he, he's, he's pretty made for whatever kind of sport a person could be interested in. Right. In his case, it happens to be basketball. I remember that. Oh, that game? That Final Four game. It was, it was like a bittersweet moment for me 
because he did well, but they lost. And I was like, you know, I don't, we didn't really know what was going to happen or where his future was headed, but I always love to see him do well um, and play to his abilities despite the outcome, because I feel like that's all you can really and, for, and that is right? why you have a background in psychology. So I let's know. talk about this. Now, <laughs> you you yourself were a Division One athlete, which is spectacular because that's really a very hard thing to do to achieve and competitive athlete throughout your life. But then you moved into clinical psychology after. So what was that transition? I feel like it wasn't much of a transition for me. I always felt as though I was kind of the voice of reason growing up. I grew up, I had three brothers and it was just me. And then I felt like I was like an extension of my mom. And I was always kind of trying to figure out like the best way to do everything and figure everything out and make sure everyone's okay. Like a, like a natural, like nurturer slash caregiver personality. Mm -hmm. But I've always been very level and reasonable. And so for some reason, So it just made perfect sense to me. I feel like I transitioned into being like the friend you call for advice, which I'm still that friend. Um, And I'm like, well, let me put a little bit more background and education behind this so that, you know, just to validate some things for myself. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm truly on the right path doing what I should be doing. And it worked out. And I love it. And it's really been beneficial for me. You you mentioned two things in that uh, level and reasonable that are sometimes difficult to find <laughs> in the sports community. And I was a sportscaster for 12 years, uh, almost 15, actually somewhere between 12 and 15 on and off. And um, so I got to view sports from a distance. Now, as a parent, uh, seeing my kids start to want, start to have these goals to be like high end athletes, um, level and reasonable goes out the window sometimes. And it yeah, does. Yeah. Um, I think when you think about competition um, and just that competitive nature, especially when it, you're talking about um, competing at a high level, that could be, you know, in travel sports or, in college um, or or in professionally, it's really hard to differentiate the two um, because in order to have that competitive edge, you have to sort of think with a particular mindset where, you know, you can do all of these things. You're pushing yourself constantly. Nobody's really thinking about oh, well, if I want to be the best, I have to push myself. But at the same time, I need to take care of my emotional and physical well-being. It's like, no, I need to train. I need to put in the hours, the work, the energy, the effort if I'm going to play or be at a specific level. And so I think for young people, it's really hard to find that balance because even for me, it took a long time to to understand that that concept. And, and, and to this day, I know many professional athletes that still struggle with that nowadays children i feel have to pick you know, our son is 11 and he's turning sixth grade and they open tryouts for all the fall sports and i'm like hey buddy why don't you try out for soccer he's like oh no i'm the only kid too late that, for that too late <laughs> i'm the only kid who doesn't play travel soccer so i missed the boat i'm like you're 11 how is it too late um mm-hmm. and but in your story 
you did you didn't play basketball until seventh grade and then you ended up being a division one athlete that's i feel like that's more rare nowadays obviously you were a phenomenal athlete but what is what are your thoughts about kids nowadays having to pick so early and focus so early you know it's really interesting because I, I hadn't put a ton of thought into that until you asked me, <laughs> until we discussed it previously. But I think that the way I grew up and the way my parents were, that's what helped to kind of shape my mindset as to how I was going to move forward with sports. I had a, a mom who was extremely into academics mm-hmm. <laughs> and never really pushed sports. Like she was the mom who sat in the stands and read a book during the game. Um, And then I had a dad who's, he's very much so into sports. So it was like a healthy balance. I, I kind of, you know, I got into sports when I was ready and when I felt like it, it just worked out that way. But I think today social media has amped up the competition, especially for young people. And that's why I think they're feeling a lot more pressure to be as good as this one or as good as that one. And what they're seeing on social media, they're comparing maybe themselves to the level of talent that they're seeing or the level of success that other kids are achieving at such a young age and kind of counting themselves out. Whereas I feel like they're having a little bit more difficulty choosing or, or navigating that aspect of, of, of things. When you say social media is affecting it, are you talking about these, like seeing mixtapes from elite athletes or just, is that what you're referring to? Yeah. For athletes. I mean, in general, social media on all aspects, you know, there's a lot of comparison that happens. We're seeing all of these cool things and tricks and whatever the case may be um, across the board. But even right. when it comes to sports, they're like young high school athletes who are like social media phenoms. Like, I'm not sure we have, um, my husband has like a travel team. Yeah. They're called the Lakers. <laughs> no, not that team. Okay. Sorry. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with this travel team. They're pretty successful. No, a youth team. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, it's a basketball team and they have like, some of the kids have like hundreds of thousands of yeah followers on TikTok and it's just like they're making videos in between games and it's and I think that like it, the Ball brothers are a huge example of mm-hmm. that from Chi I'm from Chino Hills so oh, I really know, okay um, yeah we grew up in the same neighborhood and some very familiar and the way that they've kind of blown up on social media and what you're seeing is like these kids doing awesome amazing things and kind of comparing yourself to where they are. Yeah. And it just makes it feel like there's no room for the in-between. Yeah. So as a parent, and my kids, you know, Penn went on about the, the male form of your husband and how he was built for any <laughs> athlete. So he, your, your husband probably, and you, by the way, you started in soccer. You probably could have played professional soccer. I mean, if you, you are just gifted by God with just the athleticism to play those any sport you want to maybe Mm -hmm. i mean i was a dancer so maybe i didn't give the kids my athletic genes and maybe they aren't destined for d1 sports i but they want that so how do i i mean i don't want to be a dream killer but i also don't want to 
you know, like how you're, do you balance that? You're stuck, you're stuck yeah. in between being someone who can be realistic and teach your kids about the real world. And also with your God given role as a parent to tell your kid that you can do anything. Yeah. You're stuck right there in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think that having those types of conversations with your kids are extremely important and deciding um, it's okay to put, to lay everything on the table, right? It's okay to say like, what are your goals? What do you plan to do to get there? Um, how, how are we going to maneuver or um, adjust if this first plan doesn't go accordingly? What are some other things that we can focus on developing as well? We don't have to put all of our eggs into one basket. I think that's a important lesson for kids and young people to learn in life in general. And it doesn't necessarily change in regards to sports. Um, you can focus your energy and attention into doing and to improving in your sport, but you also have so many other aspects of life that need attention. And so it's about encouraging that balance um, and whatever their athletic abilities are, they're going to take them where, as far as they're going to go and they can hone that, that talent and those skills as long as they'd like. But um, what else is there that we have to look forward to? And what are some of the other things that are important to you? Because those are very important as well. Side note, in case my daughter's listening, I do think my daughter on sheer will and determination would become a division one athlete. Like she if might. you could, she if, might. if you just measure it by determination, the girl's got it. She just had a late start. So she had a late start in her yeah. sport. And, and that was all really good advice about the way to talk to your kids about laying it all on the table. And we've done that. And I know that as in your job, you probably deal with children. You also talk to parents about how to how to deal with this as well. Kim and I need our own personal therapist about about this with sports because we actually, particularly in tennis. Okay, so Lola plays tennis. Tennis psychologically sucks. I'm going to tell you why. It's like you, there's no there's no pressure release like clapping there's no like cheering it's everything's very quiet and so that like builds the pressure up when you're on a tennis team you're basically competing against the people on your team for like a spot on the team so everyone on the team kind of secretly hates each other or <laughs> if not if not hates each other they're like competing with each other right yeah. and and there's like nine matches going on at the same time and you got to be respectful and quiet cuz it's kind of like golf so there's no there's like the fun in it isn't quite there the way I want it to be. Our daughter though is, is she's wired to be able to deal with this. She handles it better than most kids. I do not. I my heart rate elevates. I can't drink too much coffee the day of a game because I will. I know it's not a panic attack, but I will start feeling like okay, I've got to start pacing. I I used to make fun of those sports parents i'm looking around like where's the crazy sports parents it's me i'm the crazy <laughs> sports parent now well and you probably watching your husband play i mean you were talking about in the final four like he did so well but the team didn't like that was it was probably very stressful to watch him probably still is mm -hmm. so i mean for the parents and and support systems mm -hmm. um and caregivers who are raising young people who are into sports and particularly tennis. God, um, so crazy. 
Yeah, which I would have loved to have been a tennis player. I'm star. sure you you could probably uh, start now and be in the U.S. Open. That was a good year. looking forehand there, Nina. <laughs> uh, like we're, we're, we're looking at her on Zoom. It lo- <laughs> exactly. Watch out, Coco. I, my dream is my kids play tennis. So, um, but as much as you are, we're like so. I'm very sidetracked. Sorry. No, 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 no. Bring it. So are we. So I think that. Just like now when you have, or do you remember when your kids were toddlers and how quickly they picked up on things and mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. In stressors or anxieties or whatever the case may be. So being the tennis dad pacing back and forth while your daughter is, you know, working on her, her, her in her match might not necessarily be the answer. However, <laughs> however, I think that um, it's really hard because you want to be there. You want to support your kids Mm -hmm. and it is stressful and it's stressful for everyone. And I feel like when you're playing, especially in competitive sports, the, the political aspect of that, of, of everything, like you said, even in tennis, you're on the same team, but it's very, you know, it's very Mm -hmm. dicey because you're kind of competing against each other, but you have to put on a brave face and I like, you know, be friendly and work together as a team. There's a lot of different emotional aspects that are tying into that. And I think that, um, just communication and just being there, like being, you got to find peace and have your own peace and knowing that, you know, your kid is preparing and doing what they need to do um, in their match and just support. I should specify. I don't like, I'm not, I I know that you're imagining me just pacing like John Calipari or the crazy basketball coach. I remain very still when Lola's looking at me. I'm always smiling. I never say, come on, this is terrible. It's always positive reinforcement when I'm yelling at her. Cheering for her, not yelling at her. Yelling toward her. The pacing I, I is totally yeah. the pacing is just me managing my own anxiety. That's what it is. And it's mm-hmm. tough. But I, I, I mean, literally there was she night, probably does like, pick up on it though. The, well, this week was a very tough match. It was a very tough loss. And which, by the way, there's value in losing, and we can get to that next. She was very upset because she it means a lot to her. Like it, she's very competitive, it means a lot to her. And he and I didn't sleep well that night. And we the next day we're like, who are we? And it's not, I mean, it's not Coco Golf in the US Open. You know what I mean? Like we, we're not, we're no. at a, this is like high school tennis. I'm like, yes. what is wrong no, with us? No, it's so much more important. <laughs> this is your daughter. She's you don't right. know, we don't know Coco. Yeah. So you're emotionally invested in her well-being and her happiness is, you know, if you have a child who's not happy, then of course it's going to be hard for any parent to see that. Um, and, but I think that that's where the balance comes in. Mm-hmm. And, but it, the catch 22 is, it's so, it's so difficult to find. It's so difficult to have when you're so focused on your sport. My husband, for example, he's very, zero to 100 when he's on the court. It's really hard. And it's been kind of like a career long goal of his to balance out that competitive nature with just whatever, being able to adapt to what's happening in that moment and switching gears. And I think it's hard for really competitive athletes to do. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. That. And then they go through the phase in life or whatever where losing is extremely disappointing. Nobody likes to lose. Well, Mm -hmm. some people don't mind, but when you are a competitive or intense athlete, of course, it's going to be hard. And, and this is one of the great things about sports is that you do experience this, this range of emotions. You learn how to fall down and you have to learn how to pick yourself back up. And that's one of the most important lessons that we'll learn from playing sports. I'm going to take you through kind of the stages of my daughter during a big competition. I want you to tell me if this sounds like Russell or um, so it, it starts with, she gets kind of quiet on the way out to a match. She tries to stay loose and hits balls. She, I tell her good luck and I look at her and it's a different person. It's not the same person that rode out there with me. It's like a locked in individual. She walks out there. Um, she's, she definitely doesn't want to hear anything other than good job. If there's, if there's something, if there's something in her way, if there's someone there who she wasn't expecting to be there and she wasn't able to mentally prepare for it, that's tough on her. If she loses the match uh, or doesn't play up to, up to par, she is, at a point like where she can't even physically say anything. She goes and she gets in the car and she kind of looks straight ahead. Sometimes she cries. Sometimes she just wants to hear from me that, that she did well. I'm saying things. She's not responding to them, right? She's, she's still processing about 20 minutes after it. It's like she takes a breath and she's back. And not only is she back, sometimes if she plays a good match or she realizes she played really well, there's like this euphoria where she realizes, oh my gosh, I'm capable of anything. And she becomes incredibly sweet. So, but it takes about 20 to 30 minutes for her to come down from that competition to go back to the sweet girl who I know who's there. It took me a while to get used to this. Mm-hmm. Is that a common thing? It doesn't sound far-fetched. Yeah. I mean, I think that in order to perform and at a certain level and to get in a, like your zone or yeah. whatever you like to refer to it as, you have to be in a specific mindset. And it takes preparation. Like you said, you can't just be lackadaisical and then walk onto the court or the field or whatever and think that and just turn it on. Like a light switch. A lot of sports has to do with being prepared and mentally and going through routines and training your body and your mind to get to where you need it to be right before it's time to start your match or start your game. 
And it, you can't just flip the switch and turn it off right away, yeah. right? It takes time to kind of wind down. The 20 minutes in between sounds fairly normal. I mean, I think that after a game, my husband probably takes a few hours wow. to, to wind down. How is it that, like, how do they expect people to go into the locker room and interview them after that? I used to interview people in locker rooms after games. I'm like, these people don't want me in there. They're in their underwear. With their perfect sculpted bodies, like Russell Westbrook, and you know they, they don't—they don't want me in there talking about it. Oh God! So I'm sorry, yes. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like th- that's in the period that there's just some schmo in there. Like, how do you feel about your free throw shooting? So I like, but that makes perfect sense that it takes two hours. He, see, the wind down is a little different than your daughter's because yeah. my husband is very much so. We're having a conversation, talking about the game right away. He's always been that way with me, mm-hmm. and I think it's more so like. Can he go to sleep right after the game? Yeah. No, his adrenaline is still, you know, settling down, and um, it that it mentally it takes him a minute to and his for his like body and mind to catch up together and be like at that slow calm pace. Whereas after the game, we can talk about it whether he played good or bad. It's it's he's but it's you know it takes time, and he's grown into that. And and he's much older, I'm sure, than your daughter. <laughs> She's 14, so. <laughs> yeah, he's learned, you know. It's a muscle. Like, it's a muscle, right? Yeah, like you can't shut the world out or no. your family or your wife or your kids out, you know, because you had a bad game. It doesn't work that way. Like I, we don't. We I, don't care. I think <laughs> we if, still want to talk and right. I think if, attention and you know. Yeah, and I think that if somebody's listening to this and they have a four-year-old and they're like, "Oh dear God, I'm never going to get my kid into sports," I will say there are so many positives that come out of this, right? And it's the routines that you were talking about, the responsibility, the accountability to yourself and to others. And even if you never even make your high school team, there's a value in just that work and that effort. And also in losing, because so many, I think that we fell into the trap of like our sweet son. He was not a great swimmer, but we put him on the, like the club swim team just to like get better. And he got a ribbon after, but he was, everybody's always clapping when he got out because he was the last one getting out. And he always got a ribbon for participation. He, he really thought he won every race. Because we were so like, you did great, you did great, you didn't die, you didn't. But he, because we celebrated him just making it, and there's mm-hmm. value in that. But there's a balance, right? Like our kids should know how to lose, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I Kim, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that even in my own experience. I joke about how difficult it is to be a student athlete and how many challenges that there are and injuries. And, you know, there's so many things to kind of keep up with. However, it literally that's you can't buy that type of life experience. It's just being it's just about finding the way to transfer those skills and that skill set and that mindset into other things, mm-hmm. right? Post sports or even while you're still playing, you just have to be able to shift gears that way. And I think that the the like you said, everything that sports teaches you, how to work with others and how to it's team building. So any kind of work or team environment where you learn self-sacrifice and in certain ways and how to 
you know, work together to achieve a goal or hit a benchmark or whatever the case may be. Those are healthy, good um, skills. And then again, losing, you know, losing and, and also knowing that you can put your effort and energy into something and that doesn't necessarily make you the best at it. It just means that, you know, you are where you are and that's, that's okay. I think that all of these are important lessons to learn how to be focused and work towards achieving goals. You can't buy that type of experience for kids, the structure, everything that comes along with it. It's, it kind of prepares you for the real world. I like to call it the real world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The good and the bad, for sure. The, like the the extreme highs and lows. Uh, So your oldest is, is, am I right that your oldest is like five or six? How old is your oldest? He's four. Four. Okay. So have, have you started doing what we did, which was hilarious where we were like, Oh, he accidentally threw a ball. Yeah. (laughs) He kicked that juice box 20 feet maybe you should be a, a soccer player have you started to look at their <laughs> their little isms and, and uh, attribute uh, academic or a- athletic prowess to them you know not really because uh, you're normal because you're normal good okay and balanced <laughs> well i i mean i can tell that our like our kids are athletic obviously I mean, I, i'm not surprised by that I also have an experience where I've I've been around it and I've been in it to know that I don't necessarily want to push or force the kids into sports. Right. Ask my husband and that's a different answer. If they want to play tennis, I'm awful. It's like, let's go play tennis. That's great. Tennis is the worst anyway. Just check in with us before you do that. (laughs) Just check in. It's, uh, It's my favorite sport to watch. It's my favorite sport to play. It is it is a pressure cooker and, and it, it probably does build good human beings. Well, I mean, so that being said, when your children are when they can ask, like, how do you encourage them to keep it fun versus like there's a line, there's a line and we crossed oh, it somewhere. <laughs> we play sports. Well, they're still kind of young. But they're, my, they're babies. Son, my daughters and my son swim. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was more of like a safety thing. But like my son is like a fish. It's insane. He's such a great swimmer and my girls are getting there and he's finally at an age, like we put him in soccer, you know, like where they run around and that was mostly just to get energy out and he's going to start soccer again soon. And that's just so he can run and have activities and socialize. And and then what sort of, yeah. And so what sort of language do you use or will you use when they're older just to make sure it stays fun? Because there's there's a moment when it stopped when it's like oh wait I this competition I I do remember we put our kids in soccer and they ran it for the snacks like they mm-hmm. ran up and down with the animal cracker box like they they were really only there for the snacks but there was a minute where they're like you know what this we keep losing and this is not fun anymore and mm-hmm. then they stopped so well, I haven't crossed that bridge yet mm-hmm. but I think that. As long as they understand, I think going into it, I'm going to make sure they understand there are other things and that this is not the only thing that is matters, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's going to kind of be hard, as you guys probably already know, to to get them to see that life and things outside of their sport, because that's what we're so conditioned to to do is just be hyper-focused. I feel as though it's always going to be a, a, a matter of keeping the door open to different 
opportunities. Like my kids are huge into art. So we do a lot of um, art and we'll hone those skills in. My girls mm-hmm. are going to start dance. We'll do soccer. We'll just make sure we're doing a little bit of everything. And even if they say, I don't want to play sports, well, we're going to do something that's like active. You don't have to play competitively, but you're going to do something that's going to keep your body moving and Mm -hmm. you're going to practice, you know, being healthy. And I think um, whatever is emotionally and physically best for the kids, that's what we'll, we'll push for them. Like if my kid, if my kids are like, Oh, we don't want to play. I don't want to play basketball. I'm like, okay, well, what else are you going to do then? Yeah. What are you going to do? And let's, let's focus on that. And let's, we're not going to. Mm-hmm. Kim has been great about that. Yeah. You've been good about. Well, we just have a rule that like, I don't care what you do after school, but you need to do something after school that I'm not in charge of a, and Mm -hmm. ideally keeps your, keeps you moving, keeps you moving or, but my, my mom was a piano teacher. So I'm like, but if you want to do music and take lessons and so our son has done some of that too. Thank you so much for your time. Before we get you out of here, I do want to ask about mental health challenges when it comes to sports. It's been a a huge topic in um, when with like high end, Competitive sports, of course, Simone Biles, a lot of guys in the NBA have come out recently and talked about anxiety and dealing with that. What are some of the challenges for children as far as mental health is concerned? I mean, I think they're fairly similar. A lot of children we're seeing now, especially in the past year or two, a lot of struggles with anxiety, a lot of struggles with depression. As it relates to sports, I think that the environment is becoming a little more intense for everyone because of all of the outside, everything except for the sport, Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether it's the parents or the coaches or what's happening. And it's really interesting to see like the positioning and everything that's happening outside of the actual sport and the pressure that the kids then feel who are participating in that. And I think that it's gonna be up to caregivers and parents, especially with young children to help them to understand and cope and deal with those emotions. And again, communication is gonna be the most important key. And I feel like even with my husband, I'm gonna use him as an example, you can be the most elite athlete, like you said, perfect body (laughs) physique for sports, right? and achieve things at the highest level. But then there's still people who feel like or going to say that that's not enough. And so you have to really take it upon yourself as an athlete or as a parent to instill the idea or concept that what if you give it your all, then everything else is beyond your control. If you're working hard and you're crossing your T's and dotting your I's, then that's all you can hope for. And that helps to relieve that that kind of accountability and only feeling that responsibility for the things that you can control within yourself helps to relieve a lot of the outside stress and anxiety that comes along with playing um, sports. When we talked before, you had mentioned, you'd said something, how important it was to differentiate who you are versus what you do. Mm-hmm. So at the core of it, your husband, Simone Biles, you know, our daughter, like athletes from all ranges, like they are human beings and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, lovely it, humans. It, exactly. They're, they're human beings. They're people. They're not machines. And so 
understanding your the your importance and even Naomi she she spoke about this yep. in a recent documentary where she was saying that she's always correlated like her 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 like her purpose or and her self-worth with um how well she's doing on the court and unfortunately that happens and as hard and sad as it is to hear that happens a lot of the time with a lot of athletes, especially who are playing at that type of level. And I think that developing and honing in on building that self-confidence in young athletes and having them to understand that who they are is separate from what they do and that they can do many different things. It helps to, to keep that that line clear so that they can, even without their sport, they can feel comfortable even without the success or without that win, they can still remain, keep that, that confidence and that, that level of, or that feeling of self-importance. And that, that hits close to home, not just for, for her, but like for me and for my son, for every, like growing up, you, like you don't do well in sports and you, you go to this like absolute, like, Oh, I'm done. I suck. I can't yeah. do anything right. It, 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 it's that crazy switch that you go well, to and you got to remember that. And even I, I mean, I was a dancer, so I danced all through high school and I decided, you know what, college, I'm just going to focus on academics. And I took my freshman year off of dance and I spiraled because I had no identity beyond mm-hmm. dancing eight hours a day. And then, of course, I got back into dance. But um, but I had no identity other than that. I'm like, I, the only value I brought, to, which was imaginary and it was all in my head, but even on that level, and I was never gonna go pro, there's such a, I think that's why we're yeah. trying to urge our kids to join clubs that you, our daughter joined the biology club. I'm like, join a club you didn't, you wouldn't expect, like do something else, that, make other I did friends. not expect that. I know. <laughs> she Unexpected. I was like, do something. She's running that, for vice president of, of the, the biology, biology club. club. I'm like, just join a club that is beyond like your comfort zone. Meet some right. new friends and biology club. It's like you. coming back. I'm, I'm getting into whittling, mom. Like that's okay. like, that's something that they would say. <laughs> that, but that's good. And this is, and I just want to say this before we finish up, how important that was, that lesson was for me to learn also. Because going into um, UCLA, I played, I always, like sports always came easy to me. It was always fun. I learned really quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> that that was not going to continue to be the case. And once I learned that, I was just able to adapt and change my mindset. Like, I'm like, everybody can't be, you know, Candace Parker at the time, whom mm-hmm. I was playing against. Um, everybody can't be Skylar Diggins. Like we're not all that. And that's okay. I don't even necessarily want to be that. I had to figure out what else, who am I outside of this, outside of sports? If I can't be this, I can be something else. And that's okay. Because really, what percentage of, of athletes go on to be professionals? It's very small. So what's, what about the rest of us? We yeah. still have work. Yeah, there's, and, yeah. There's, not much, there's not much <laughs> room know, for really. them. And well, here's what you've become. You've become someone who's been very helpful to us today. Um, th- <laughs> thank you for sharing your story. I apologize for objectifying your husband. Um, <laughs> it, it, but, but this was all really useful, especially for getting a laughter from me. Like, oh, uh, um, well, I, but I will say that I know... I, we're trying to be respectful of your time, but you did say something really impactful the other day, which is like, if your kid wants to achieve at this level, they don't, they need to realize how much work it actually is. So to yeah. find that person, maybe that college athlete or your husband or whatever, and kind of like back time it to see like, what was he doing at age 
12 to make that happen. Pick that or, person. Or what, what, so exactly. So if this is someone you aspire to be or to be like, right, there's the, it, um, it, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of the time, um, find some kind of negative, you know, reasoning to go with, like trying to copy someone else. Well, really, you know, everyone got to where they are by, by looking or imitating their game after someone else, right? So look at this person, how successful they are, what did they do and what steps did they take to get there? Lay it all out. Mm -hmm. And then you can look at it and decide, okay, do I want to train four to six hours a day every single day for this? Do I want to forego being able to be in this sorority or that or that club or this part like of my life? Do I want to like, you know, there are things that you have to be willing to sacrifice and things that you have to be willing to do in order to get there. Now, given some people are just born with extreme talent yeah, and that's their gift. So I think that taking a look at the road to come and what it's going to take to get there and really figuring out if this is what what you want to do because a lot of people might say you know what? no i'm good <laughs> like that seems like a lot of work i'd rather go to parties yeah i mean there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that like be that person because uh, we need people to throw parties um okay you have a workshop on cultivating wellness setting boundaries and expectations and you also have free resources online so talk to yes. us about where people can find you and and tell us all the things you ca- you have to offer you can find me on benaybynina.com, which is we're essentially giving free what re- mental health resources, wellness resources um, for anyone who's trying to cultivate wellness in their life in, in any aspect or any way. Um, I'm actually really excited because I'm working on like a, a mental health workshop for athletes with uh, Dr. Angela Charleston, whom I met and is a good friend of mine. She's works with a lot of professional athletes and teams and sports. This is actually a really good conversation and I'll reach out to you and let you know when we are going to get that going because please it, it come back. be a really good resource for, yeah. for student athletes or athletes who are trying to achieve in their sport. And then follow Benay by Nina on Instagram. Awesome. Uh, we're going to spell that. It's B-E-N-E-B-Y-N-I-N-A. Benay by Nina. Yep. You are a joy. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Penn, for having me. No, I, I really appreciate your talk. And I think sometimes as parents and hopefully our listeners as well, sometimes it just, it helps to hear somebody say, it's going to be okay. <laughs> it's gonna, it's all normal. It's going to be okay. Because it will be. It's going to be okay. <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.